Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. And man, it is February already. It is. How can here, you, here we are. I mean, you just look at the calendar and you just, you wonder, how can the time go by a so quickly? At, a day at a time. A day at a time. Yeah, yeah. That's and you're, you're bundled up. It's going to be cold. Nobody can see us. This no. is obviously an, an, an audio forum and not a video forum, right? Yeah. Um, but you've got your hat on, you're like, uh, with a sporting a camping brand. We, we, they don't sponsor our show, so I won't say who your hat sponsors. Yeah, don't just give it away for no, free. They, they no, have no, to sponsor absolutely. us. Absolutely. But, but you've got your beanie on, your yep. vest, you're ready because it's supposed to be like really cold tonight and Apparently. ice or Honestly, snow. Honestly, this or was not in preparation. It was more so just a response to how cold I felt at work today. Because okay. when I looked at the forecast yesterday, I thought it said like a high of like 58 or something okay. like that. So I just wore like a, a, yeah, yeah. a little thin sweatshirt sure. or whatever. And I got out there today without looking oh. and it was like 48 and the wind was crazy. And yeah, yeah. I just wanted to have hot chocolate. There you do. You know, there you go. Fire. Yeah, yeah. And so anyways, but this is a response to that. That's, but not, that's not what you were hired for, right? So you had to do no, your work. No, no, So. Well, yeah. Anyways. It's, so it's interesting. We, it's been, it's been a mild winter, but it's getting a little cold. So yeah. Anyway. Well, it's been mild, but we've had snow once and we might have yeah, you sleep tomorrow. Might have something. You never I know. know. I don't uh, know. You never know. The weather says one thing, then you wake up and it's another thing. It's another thing. <laughs> we, I just we, don't we, trust will, we will press on. We will, whether it's we sun will. or rain or snow, we, this podcast, we will press on. That's folks. right. We are going to endure and persevere. Yes. We are here for you. We, we, uh, <laughs> we are here to serve and no amount of weather will hinder us. Yeah, man. Well, Hey, uh, I had a, a fun time with my, uh, sister and brother-in-law there yes. this weekend. Yes. And you got I met, to meet I them. I met them at church. I sure did. I met your sister and brother-in-law yeah. and your, uh, one of your little nephews. Yeah. Do you remember a while ago, my sister made a comment that I shared <laughs> with you that she heard you on a podcast and said, you sound like a dusty pastor sheriff. <laughs> it was one of the greatest comments ever. It's funny because when I hear you, I don't yeah. think like, oh, that's just the the quintessential Texan yeah. accent or anything. Yeah, but but the, it's funny. It, yeah, the dusty <laughs> sheriff. You oh, should do that. Man. You should dress oh. in like a, a cowboy hat and like a long duster. Yeah. And We're not above a little cultural uh, inter- interaction. Yeah. There you my, go. my favorite, probably my favorite favorite Super Bowl commercial what because it's the guys in it it was the uh Lil Nas X or whatever his name is the guy who does the uh with with the showdown with Sam Elliott yeah uh, and his did you see it yeah, and his, yeah. and Sam Elliott's must because he's that voice Sam yeah. Elliott is the voice you're talking about yeah I forget what he says I, I don't remember I what he said in the commercial he says, but, but he I says something that. to him yeah but when he does the move at the beginning which I'm doing right now but in back in my day in high school I, that was like, like the, the wave, wave thing yeah. the shoulder wave mm-hmm. and then Sam Elliott Elliot's mustache, <laughs> which is a wonder to behold to begin with. Mm, but mm. when his mustache does the wave oh, yeah. as a response, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. So yes. But, it, th- it, I, but that, that's probably what I liked about the commercial. Uh, yeah. It was the mustache uh, roll wave. Yeah. Uh, well, his and mustache then when is his, so iconic. It is. And then when his horse at the end, when, when the one horse did the trot dance and he looked at his horse and he wouldn't, that, that was funny too. Yeah, but yeah. Overall, I thought that was a funny commercial, but that's the guy. He was the dusty yeah. sheriff. Yeah, uh, and I, I just don't remember his line or I'd, I'd try I to say remember. it, but Sam Elliott, that's, that's yeah, the guy. Yeah, he's a good one. There you go. Yeah, I uh, did you see the uh, Groundhog Day kind of... Uh, yes, I did. That was fun <laughs> the, too. The replay or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. They got all the, like, the yeah. guys in 
in there and did the the thing. I think there was a Jeep commercial, actually, I wasn't think so. it? Who knows what any of the products are? Yeah, who knows? It was uh, just uh, Bill Murray. That's yeah, all you need it, to know. That's all, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, so. that, those were always. Uh, this year, I ruined it. It's like looking at all your Christmas gifts early or something. <laughs> I I was on the internet like, like over the maybe Friday. Well, I'm on it every day, but but I was on it Friday and um, I saw an article. Oh, here's all the commercials, and so I like sat down. They're all. Oh, they were already available. They were all available. So no I saw way. most of them. Why would you do that the to yourself? one or whatever. Uh, I, did you see that one? The Hyundai, uh, I don't remember, oh, I don't I don't remember what any recalled, but it was Hyundai one where they were. I wasn't paying enough attention. And honestly, what? I didn't see like the first half of the game. Okay. <laughs> oh, I watched all the game, but I didn't, I did I watched, I was into the game, but the, commer- the commercials, I didn't think they were that great this yeah. year necessarily. And this is late. By the time this comes off, everybody's already talked. The Super Bowl commercials will feel like a right. month ago. Yeah. So this is dated. But, uh, uh, but I just had to say something about Sam Elliott's mustache. Yeah. That's, that's what there this all came from. That's good, so. man. Well, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, because you can watch them. They release them ahead of time, which uh, maybe they've been doing that for a few for I years. I wonder why they do that. I don't know, to build anticipation, you look at, you get another look at their product. Maybe you're yeah, out maybe getting, so. maybe you're out getting another plate of nachos when they're, yeah. when their commercial played, but you watched it the week before yeah. and then you're waiting for it to tell your friends, Hey, there's this one that's going to come on. That's, uh, you know, whatever yeah. this is going to be this and let's all, uh, let's all watch it together. Yeah, so anyway, I, I'm sure there's some, they've done their, they've done their homework. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, it was a good weekend. It was a good yep. time. And, uh, you know, another Super Bowl has there come and passed and now we move on into February. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah, well, we're going to keep on with our uh, Remember series at church, right? We well, are. Cool. What um, I know that we did, uh, you know, the the Gathered yeah. church and then scattered. scattered yeah, and, and then, then scattered. scattered. Yeah. Um, what's coming up for us? Uh, so this week uh, I'm going to talk about, we're going to do two more ideas, uh, biblical ideas of the church. One will be the um, sort of the body image of the the body of Christ mm-hmm. that each each person, each member of the church is needed, has a gift, has a function and that sort of thing. And the, uh, the beauty of how God has designed the church where every member of the church of his people, uh, is needed and needy as well, but needed and has been given, uh, functional gifts Mm. to build up the body overall. So we're going to talk about that. And then I think then Ian McConnell will be here to preach, um, which will be really good. And then after he's gone, um, um, the next week, I think I'm going to do a message. I, I say I think because I could pull the trigger on this. I mean, I could shift this, but I'm going to do a message on the church, uh, the church as family. So I've never Very taught cool. on that. I've taught on the body of Christ before, but I've never taught on the image of the church as family. But it's probably the primary image hmm. uh, of the New Testament. If you if you think about the term, the most common name for a Christian is brother or sister. Right. So if brother is the primary image, and it's an inclusive term, brother and sister, if that's the primary uh, name for a Christian, then really you could say the primary image of the church is family, you yeah. know, the household of God, yeah, God's the Father. For sure. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, Very and then cool. we'll jump into uh, Daniel. So, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thank you again for yeah. Sunday for uh, just talking through what it looks like to scatter um, and, uh, and what it looks like to just kind of live in the presence of God yeah. w- as you go, whether you're yeah. commuting or you're working or uh, whether it's your time with your family or even when you're sleeping, yeah. when you're, uh, I don't know, the mun- the mundane of life right. can sometimes just seem so mundane and not <laughs> spiritual. Not, can I quote you on that? Yeah. The mundane of life seems yeah. so mundane. But, but <laughs> then, you then you followed up, not spiritual. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And uh, and we can sometimes, uh, we have that, what is it, the secular and sacred divide. You're right, right. Uh, where we just kind of forget that God, first of all, <laughs> God is with us at all times. Right. 
times, right. uh, not like he's watching over our shoulder, but right. he walks with us. Right. You know, exactly. Um, we live life, uh, in light of him and mm-hmm. in light of the spirit of God. And, um, and, and that's kind of what our Christian walk looks like. You know, we're, we think of sanctification of like, okay, well now I'm becoming more like Christ. And, uh, y- you know, how does that growth look? Mm-hmm. Well, we look at the profound moments. We look sure. at, you know, the, the moments that stand out. Like I had right. this really big breakthrough where right. I was talking sure. to someone and sure. I realized I needed to repent. Sure. Right. Then, sure. You know, but we don't think about, I was driving down the yeah. road and, uh, uh, and you know, I was, you know, I just, I was just struck and thought maybe I should pray instead of, yeah. uh, instead of honking at everyone and, yeah. and doing special signs with my hands. Sure. Those, those small <laughs> you moments. know, so anyways, I just, I just thought it was so helpful and such a good reminder for us to just spend time thinking about mm. that. And so thank you for serving us that True. way. And, uh, we got a really great question that, you know, let's go ahead and jump in on this. Uh, and we'll talk through this, this idea of the, just the scattered, church and what it looks like to, to be Christians in everyday life. How's right. that sound? Sure. Cool. All right. Well, to you, our listeners, remember, uh, you can text in your sermon related questions to four, six, nine, five, seven, three, two, nine, two, zero, or you can email those to podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org. Here we go. Here is the question. As we seek to do all things to the glory of God, how do we avoid perfectionism? I went to a Christian high school that emphasized Colossians 3, 17 and 23, but not 24. So I think I understand the need to live quorum Deo. Uh, would you define that for us, Craig? Uh, before the face of God. There you go. Yeah. In the presence of God. In the presence of yeah. God, yeah. But I tend towards perfectionism. If I'm working for God, I should want to do my best work. Thanks, Martin Luther and Puritans for that Protestant work ethic. <laughs> yeah. So does that mean I should seek perfection? Uh, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. It, he pointed out the Quorum Deo, and I didn't even think about that whole concept of the presence of God. And if we are living in the presence of yeah. God, aren't we called to perfectionism? Yeah. Aren't we called to, yeah. to being perfectly holy as he is holy? It's interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, that is good. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know ex- everything that's behind the question, but I think it's a, I think it's a, uh, in terms of what this individual's personal experience is, but I think it's a very thoughtful and relatable question. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and read the verses because this person quoted verses and said, at my Christian high school, we got Colossians 3.17. Well, that was the benediction Sunday, which is whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. And uh, so that's 3.17. And the person says, we also got 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So uh, all of life for the glory of God, do your work for the Lord. I mean, there's a God-centeredness there. There's a God-focus. There's awareness of living quorum Deo, as, as the person says, in the presence of God. He said we didn't get verse 24. So that says, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. So um, the, I'm not exactly sure the whole distinction they're making there, except that, that, that you're going to receive from the Lord. So it's, I think he's saying we were clear on what our part was with less emphasis, maybe on, on, uh, on, on the Lord. So should yeah. we be uh, on, on the Lord's gift rather? So should yeah. we be seeking perfection? I mean, that first question was if we seek to do all things for the glory of God, how do we avoid perfectionism? And, uh, I do think the idea of doing all things for the glory of God at that can, I didn't mean this on Sunday at all, but it can introduce a certain pressure mm. that I think 
uh, this person's got uh, his finger on. Uh, if you're trying to seek perfection in what you're doing, uh, that that can be really an overwhelming goal. And yeah. I, I wouldn't start because of the nature of that word and and the baggage that's attached that can be attached to it. I, I would probably use a different phrase. I'd probably yeah. think by the grace of God, we're to seek faithfulness. Yes, uh, based on the mercy of God, yeah. upheld by the mercy of God. So I think yeah. we're supposed to uh, seek faithfulness. And the idea of Sunday, where we were in Romans 12, 1 and two on Sunday. Uh, talking about offering our lives in, in view of his mercy, offering our lives as a living sacrifice. And the idea of all of life being uh, worship, uh, that's meant to be freeing yeah. and not enslaving. So it's supposed to say everything counts, just what you were saying earlier. It's, it's, a, it's very envisioning to think, wow, it's not just prayer, Bible study, church attendance, um, you know, doing a radical act of sacrifice, giving to the poor, something like this. It's not just that that matters, but it is uh, my exercise, my sleeping, my eating, my feeding my kids breakfast, my yeah. talking with my spouse, my going uh, out and uh, playing tennis with my friend, my going on a walk, any, whatever I'm doing, my going to my job, you know, working a, on a spreadsheet or swinging a hammer, whatever your job is. Yeah. So it, it's supposed to say, hey, you could be honoring the Lord in all of that. You, all of that has meaning before the Lord. But I see how the person's question that that lofty concept of all of life can be me. It's supposed to uh, give meaning to what we do. But the backside yeah. of that could be if everything counts. Wow, I, I'm blowing it constantly. <laughs> I didn't just blow it when I slept during the sermon. Yeah. I blew it all this week, you yeah. know, Um so uh, I, I think that there can be a, with the idea of seeking perfection, uh, there, there can be sort of a pressure to perform. And I think the big question is, what does this person mean by perfectionism? How do we avoid perfectionism? Because I, I didn't really know exactly the definition of that ism, but I, but I know it's not good. And so I looked at a secular source hmm. um, because the word perfectionism, you're not going to find that in the text of scripture, but we all, we get kind of what that, that means. Yeah. But when I looked it up and just saw a description uh, from an article in Psychology Today. It was really informative, Jared, because I thought it really got at, no, this is not what we're shooting for. Hmm. It says, perfectionism is a trait that makes life an endless report card on accomplishments or looks. Wow. the first sentence. So, I mean, you and me, we got the looks thing covered. We're A plus there. Yeah, for sure. But the accomplishments, we both got a ways to go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, it's an, it, boy, I like that. It's an endless report card on what you're doing yeah. or how you look. Look, a fast and enduring track to unhappiness. Mm. It's often accompanied by depression and even eating disorders. Wow. What makes perfectionism so toxic is that while those in its grip desire success, they're most focused on avoiding failure. So theirs is a negative orientation. And listen to this last line. They expect others' love and approval to be conditional on a flawless performance. Hmm. Or, uh, so that's the exact opposite of Christianity. We are not seeking, we're not to seek others' approval, but let's go vertical. We're not to seek God's approval to be conditional based on a flawless performance. So when the yeah. person says, if I'm living off to all the glory of God, is that perfectionism? No, because if using this common understanding of perfectionism, it's we're not to be seeking to win God's favor or approval for our status. In other words, we're not, there's not a, he doesn't have a conditioned status for whether he loves us, welcomes us, uh, you know, based on our performance. Yeah. It's based on Christ's performance. Yeah. 
And so perfectionism, yeah, we're perfectionist. If we mean all our hope is in the perfection of Christ, then I am a perfectionist. Um, So I think seeking to win God's approval living before his face, seeking to honor him in all of life so that he approves me is the exact opposite of seeking to serve faithfully because he already approves me. My status is secure. He approves me. Therefore, and there is something to be said here about sanctification. Therefore, I am going to take up my cross and follow him. I am going to seek to obviously repent and deal with sin, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that from a a position not of trying to somehow you know, I'm a perfectionist. Well, oftentimes people say that because I don't, I've got to meet my own standard. Yeah. You know, um, I just do every detail. Well, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Or it could mean I'm trying to win the Lord's uh, approval or yeah. I'm trying to win your approval. Your your cultural, I mean, I'm sorry, your approval is, is conditional based on my performance. Mm. And that's not how the Lord relates to us. And yeah. that's not how we should relate to one another in the church either. No. Um, I should relate to you based on Christ's approval of you, and yeah. you, you do the same for me, which doesn't mean we can't help each other grow in, in the flaws and sins of our lives. Yeah. But it means that the basic position is I look across the table at you right now, and I say the fundamental thing I should think about you is chosen by God, justified, son of the Father, yeah. uh, in the family of God, forgiven, declared righteous, loved, beloved of the Father, filled with the Spirit, you know, the Spirit of God in you, uh, chosen by the Father, uh, redeemed by the Son, indwelt mm. by the Spirit. I should be looking at you, in that, and that should be the first thing that uh, that I'm aware of. Yeah, you know? that's um, good. Yeah, I, I think that's really helpful to, to kind of talk about it that way, because um, you know, this idea of, you know, working through sin and stuff like, you know, if we're supposed to, um, you know, be perfect, uh, you know, as God is perfect or whatever, then we fail. We, sure, we, we fail do. right off the bat. And so, uh, I mean, what happens if you think that, you know, God's love for you or acceptance of you is conditional on your perfection Yeah. or, or other people's love and yep. acceptance or, or maybe Craig, your yeah. love and acceptance of me is conditional on my perfection. Yeah. And I think that that perfection is based on me on and me. my performance. Yeah. I'm going to want to hide everything. Are you gonna There's hide not everything? going to be any incentive to work through issues, to work through sin, to, to let things into the light. It's going to be to hide things and Absolutely. to put on, you know, a facade of perfection, you know, yeah. because we all know we are not perfect. No one is Absolutely. other than Christ. You're right. Um, and so I think this really brings freedom to know that you know, we have the status already. Of, you know, we are clothed in the perfection of Christ. Yeah. Uh, and so the status we have with God, if we're if we trust in Christ and and you know and are Christians that that we're adopted in as, yeah. as sons and daughters. And so that's a status. That's not a uh, it, that's not like a fluctuating status. It's like not. I I think of my my earthly parents. It's like I don't wake up and you know oh they're angry at me. I guess I'm not yeah. their kid. I'm like no, they can be they can be bugged at me and yeah. I'm. Still sure. their kid forever, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, and uh, you know, I often sometimes have to remind myself of the, you know that's what it's like between me and God is right. is that He's adopted me in and said, you know, it, you're my son, you're my son. <laughs> and so uh, I might have a day that I sure. feel like, wow, I, I've really screwed up, and uh, sure. He should be really mad at me, and He should be rejecting me at this point. Yet I'm His son, absolutely. Um, so, anyways, I you know I, I kind of blabbed a little bit there, but I think the baseline level, what I was trying to say, is just I, I think it really brings us freedom to let things into the 
to the light, to, to shine a light on our sin and the areas where we need help. We need help from one another. We need right. help from God's spirit of working through sin of, uh, you know, working through the issues in our life as we become more like Christ. Um, yep. another thing I was thinking about is just this idea of perfectionism, uh, you know, being equated to doing all things for the glory of God really has its, its eyes set on the end result yeah. rather than on the process. You know, if I think that it's on me to ensure that, you know, whatever I'm working towards for the glory of God sure. is 100% a success or, or I mean, even more basically, uh, what, what's the biggest thing that we need to be accomplished is our salvation. Right. And God has promised that he's the one he's doing he's that. Doing that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, the responsibility I think for us is just to, to do all things in our heart, you know, towards the Lord for his glory. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, I, th- I think there's, that's maybe an overarching principle. So we shouldn't be lazy people. Sure. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be slacking off. Sure. We shouldn't be, you know, all those things. I think we know all those things, uh, but to trust the end result to God and trust that, you know, in his providence, he's going to lead us to the place he intends us to arrive, you know? Yeah, no doubt. So I, I think one of the things about uh, the question was uh, as we seek to do all things for the glory of God, um, how do we avoid perfectionism? I think the shortest answer I would give to that is, is, uh, in Romans 12, 1, what we read in the NIV, it says, in view of God's mercy, uh, I think that's how we avoid perfectionism, that whatever we do, we're doing it with a view, the foundational view of what Christ, which mm-hmm. is what you're saying there, is what Christ has done mm-hmm. uh, for us. And so one of the things, the kind of the, the uh, theological terms that are biblical and, and are used to describe this would be that um, if we're thinking about the mercy of God towards us, the grace of God towards us, those are statements about, uh, the grace of God is ultimately a statement about our status before God. And Paul has written earlier in Romans, we talked about this in the sermon on Sunday, is that uh, he's justified us, which is, it, he's declared us righteous. It's not just forgiven, but he's given us the righteousness of Christ and has declared us righteous. He's treated, you know, the great exchange. He's treated our, uh, he's treated his son according to what our sins deserve. And he's treating us according to what his son's righteousness deserves. So we're declared flawless, but we're declared perfect. Yeah. Uh, we have a perfect record because through faith in Christ. So that's justification. And you just mentioned I'm, the sonship. I'm adopted means that we're, um, we're adopted into his family. Uh, he, we are his children, which is a status. And it's interesting in, in chapter eight of Romans, it says that we're our adoption is is ultimately is contrasted with slavery. We're adopted out of slavery, mm. actually. Perfectionism, slavery. You're yeah. you're freed from having to earn status to be earn your way into the family. Yeah, you're freed from that, and you're accepted because of the love of of God. And yeah. so those are all our status and our position. Our sanctification is our growth in holiness. Now, there's a sense in which we're already been sanctified. We're set apart, but there's also a sense of progressive ongoing, daily growing in Christ. And so to live all of life for the glory of God, as this person says, to um, it, it's not striving for perfectionism. It is seeking to honor the Lord with what he's entrusted to us, to be faithful to his word, uh, to be faithful to him. And uh, it is uh, it does involve, um, you know, putting to death uh, sin and bringing to life uh, the righteousness of Christ that's in us. I think about that verse in uh, Philippians where it says that 
that we are to work out our salvation yeah. with fear and trembling, um, because he is at work in us yeah. to do, to will and to do, you know, to will, I, I didn't quote that quote, right? It's Romans, it's uh, Philippians two, but he, he is at work in us. Um, and so there is that sense in which we do actively, um, seek to serve the Lord and, and to live a holy life, to walk in holiness. Yeah. Um, but we do that because he's at work in us. So, uh, and it's, it's Philippians two twelve. um, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So to live for the glory of God, he's at work doing yeah. just what you were saying a minute ago. He's at work doing that. Yeah. So, is it God or is it us in terms of progressive sanctification? It's both. It's not that we're equal. Yeah. It's not he does 50%, we do 50%. Right. It's we do our part as creatures, uh, mm-hmm. but it is all by his grace and mercy. So he yeah. has the greater load there. For, he's carrying yeah, the greater load for sure. for sure. But we are responding. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a real response. There, there's a real there's, response. Yeah, yeah. justification, it really is his work. And, and yeah. uh, it's, it's not, we have to receive that by faith, but it's his work that gives us new birth so that we can receive what yeah. he's done. So that really is him at work. Um, so I I think that's the helpful thing. How I would say the person on, that we closed on Sunday by saying two two walk uh, two two points to walk away with was open our eyes to mercy, open our moments to God. So opening our eyes to mercy in view of His mercy, it's cultivating an awareness that I'm living this day, going throughout all of my various things, not legalistically wondering, am I doing this good enough? Yeah, because uh, you can't. But am yeah. I? Uh, and you're not, you aren't. Uh, but am I uh, living in light of what Christ has done? for me? Is that yeah. my motivation? And yeah. is that my security? And mm-hmm. that's freeing. That is. That's really good, man. I think, uh, you know, that's helpful to talk through that. Maybe we could talk a minute about what that looks like practically of yeah, just, yeah. you know, everyday life. Um, you know, what are, what are some ways that we can maybe live that out? Because I think for some of us, maybe we're just not in the mode or yeah. in the, in the habit of, of thinking through that or being mindful of that. How do we grow in mindfulness of that reality that, that, yeah. you know, we're, we're called in all of life to uh, to have this this mindfulness of God's mercy towards us in Christ. I like that. That's a popular term in, in mental health is mindfulness, you know. Mm. Uh, and uh, so uh, I like that term when we think about it, especially here in this context, biblically yeah. mindful of the grace of God. I mean, we, there's, we're mindful of other things as well. Sure, I'm not sure. co-opting that word and just Christianizing <laughs> it uh, like it's the latest Christian t-shirt. We got some cheesy logo here that we stole off the world. And, and what about the copyright infringement on that anyway? But okay. Yeah, that's completely so, Christian. Yeah, mindfulness is, I think it's a word used in some spirituality. It's a mind, it's mm-hmm. a word used in some mental health, but it's a, it's a, sure. it's a good word in the sense of, um, in this sense, so in view of God's mercy, mindful of God's mercy. On Sunday, I mentioned several things. One is I mentioned taking a deep, regular dive into what the scripture reveals about the mercy of God and mm-hmm. his grace to us. So I had several quotes from Romans 8, and I just made the suggestion one on Sunday was uh, to really live in that, uh, to live in that uh, a passage like that. Yeah. Um, Ephesians 2 is a passage like that. But to live in a, a passage like that and say, you know what, um, for the next 30 days, that's my devotion. I'm going to read that chapter every day and I'm going to jot my, I'm going to jot thoughts. I'm going to journal what is true about me because of what Christ has done for me, not how I feel, not what I'm trying to measure up to, but but write about my acceptance, uh, no condemnation adopted, uh, by the father. Those are 
what, what's in that chapter. Nothing can separate me from his love. All those kinds of rich truths. So one mm-hmm. is just filling my mind. I've got to fill bad thoughts and replace them with good thoughts. And by that, I mean untrue thoughts with true thoughts. Yeah. So I mentioned things like that or reading literature that would emphasize, we give a, out a book in the lobby. I just recommended to people the gospel by, um, it, it, which is a um, book by Ray Ortland. She talks about the yeah. grace of God, the good news of the Lord. So it's finding various ways um, that we can fill our mind or I mentioned audiobooks or even a, a, something like Romans 8 on audio while we're driving, just listening to that. So it is certainly filling our minds uh, with truth. And then taking, we talked about Sunday also, taking moments throughout the day when we are intentionally, it could be at meals, it could be at the transitions from one part of the day to another. Maybe uh, you, maybe you're in sales and so you're driving uh, from appointment to appointment or, right. or something like that. Yeah. Well, your transition is in the car from one thing to another, or maybe you uh, do appointments and meetings in an office. And so, you know, maybe rather than running them so back to back, maybe you got a few minutes between each one where you are asking for God's grace to yeah. help you serve and yeah. love and care for and help and benefit, mm-hmm. bring value to the person you're about to meet with. Yeah. And um, you're trying to help them with their job, helping helping them to be fruitful or something. You know, it's, it's, it's thinking, how does that apply to what I'm doing now to uh, represent uh, the Lord's? I mean, those are some of the things I talked about um, just Sunday. But I think the big point of it is ultimately uh, filling our mind with the grace of God so that we are living with it's what he's done for me and not what I'm doing for him. Right. That defines. And many of us have years to undo with that because we've lived for years yeah. trying to win the approval of a parent, of a teacher, mm-hmm. of a coach, more often than not of ourselves. Yeah. And uh, so we are trying to prove ourselves. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, as opposed to living from a f- place of approval. And now I'm free to pursue God and love others yeah. without worrying uh, about his approval or theirs, but that's a lot easier uh, said than done. There's yeah. a good book that's about living for the approval of others that's called uh, When People Are Big and God is Small. I don't know if you've read that book. I think it's I've from heard the of 90s, it. I think, but it, it's, it's when we live for the approval of others. Uh, when people are big and God is small, it, it's living life for you, people's opinions really big to me, but I'm not living in the good of God's acceptance. Yeah. So that would be, you know, there's probably a lot of resources, other things we could list in the show notes as well. But I think uh, receiving the mercy of God and then punctuating our day with various practices and and thoughts uh, that we are trying to depend on the Lord. Yeah, I mean, one one big major way is just you know the the, the Grace Church Conversations podcast. I mean, <laughs> oh, what? Oh, I'm laughing, but you're what? not. So, oops. <laughs> you're hearing somebody say you think they're making a joke, and you're uh, laughing. They're telling yeah, the truth. That's funny. Uh, no, uh, more seriously, podcasts. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. You know, for me personally, that's been a huge yeah. influence of of ways to kind of just occupy my mind while yeah. I'm at work because I work a lot on my own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on projects and things. Uh, and that's just kind of the nature of my job. And I didn't give that example, which was really being a boomer up there, wasn't it? Like any, any, <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah, really. Any, any millennial in the room was going, he didn't mention podcasts. I mean, I listen what to heck, bo- boomers listen to podcasts too. But, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but I was thinking, yeah, that is true. Anything where you're listening to, especially something that, if this is your issue, perfectionism, especially something where they're talking about truth yeah. uh, or helping you understand God's um, 
love, acceptance, mm-hmm. and uh, affirmation of us yep. in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are, those are good resources to just kind of help us have daily mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more generally, I mean, beyond just the topic of our acceptance before God, uh, I think we really do have to to fight to have a daily mindfulness just yeah. of God, you know, because there's so many distractions Absolutely. there's so many things that are that are fighting for our attention. And I mean, it's just normal that we have a lot of things on our minds. We have yeah. jobs, we have careers, we have we responsibilities have at home, family, yeah. of course, and things beyond all those things when, things, sure. you know, things might go wrong and maybe you have a, a sick relative or, yeah. or, you know, something isn't going right at work, you know, plenty of things for us to be distracted about and it would be appropriate for us to think on. And, yeah. and to, you know, it's normal for us to be concerned about those things. So, uh, you know, as many things as we can bring alongside our normal everyday yeah. distractions to help us remember, uh, to be mindful of God, of his mercy in Christ. And, uh, we actually received a text from someone who had some good suggestions yeah. of, of resources. So one is called walking through the Valley of vision by Joe Thorne. And I think what it is, is it's just a schedule of, of using the Valley of vision, which is a, which is a Puritan right. uh, collection of Puritan Pur- prayers, prayers, um, throughout the day at like nine o'clock noon and then 3 PM of how can we have, uh, several moments set aside for intense prayer and worship before the yeah. Lord. And so that's available at joethorne.net slash Valley. Um, so we're, we're not endorsing that cause we really haven't had a chance we to look at it, it, but it was suggested by a friend who we do trust. We do trust our friend. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and, and we know the book and for the Valley vision is yeah, good. Valley vision is good. Yeah, Joe yeah. Thorne's good. Yeah. yeah so we're, we're so. fine. It, it's not our policy to recommend things we haven't read, but yeah. there, there we just did. <laughs> Another one is, and if it's bad, we'll give you the name of the person who uh, referred that's to right. us. That's right. Just let you us know if it's bad. Him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> take it up. Yeah. That's good. I didn't mean take it out on him. Take it up with him. Yeah. I mean, depending on how angry you are, you might be taking it out. <laughs> and then the other one that they suggested, which of course is a really good, uh, resources by Jar- Charles Spurgeon's morning and evening. Yeah. That's twice uh, a day. Yeah. You got just filling your mind devotional. with grace. You're yeah. very devotional. Yeah. So well, one thing on this, Jared, and I, I probably shared some things. I don't have my notes. Well, actually I do have my notes. I'm not going to look through them again now, but I, I, I shared another, a few practices on Sunday throughout the day. One thing I didn't share I shared all proactive things. How do we get the mercy of God? How do we connect our moments? I talked about things like uh, I have to stretch my back daily. So in that moment of weakness, I'm thinking about God's, uh, my need for God and posturing myself, not only someone physically who needs his help, but spiritually. So I'm asking for God's help. Yeah. Talked about the prayer of wow, the prayer of thanks, the prayer of help. Um, but one thing I did not talk about, nor have we talked about here, and, and I don't know, time-wise we may be over, so I'll, I'll wrap up here, but um, is... Not just proactively doing what builds you, thinking of things that build you up. If you think of what you put in your mind and in your heart, uh, like what you put in your body, there is a place to restrict certain things as well. So yeah. if if I if I go and find out I've got the doctor tells me you got very high cholesterol and you know I'm on the way to a heart attack, what they're going to tell me is not just eat these things, yeah. but they're going to also say don't eat these things. Sure. And so for the person who asks. I may, if whoever asked that question, if I misconstrued what you were asking and all of this has been a miss, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but if someone is struggling with perfectionism yeah. and I don't measure up and I've got to meet a standard to be approved, then I would say, are there optional things in your life that you can restrict from your mental 
and spiritual diet. And yeah. I just had one that came to mind and I, I feel like I probably bash social media relentlessly and, and there's so many good things. It's a, it can be a gift. Yeah. Um, but especially among young people, the stud, I've read studies and you have, you see them all over the place. Sure. But the, the, one of the things they talk about is how millennials and, uh, Gen Z, yeah. even more so with Gen Z, those who are, you know, like late high school and, and college, um, the rates of depression are uh, all completely off the charts, mm-hmm. completely off the charts from previous generations. And one of the reasons you, you can't, there's not one, I mean, so it could be, there's biological causes, but let's take biolo- biology off, uh, let's take biology off the table. Sure. One of the primary reasons that they say is that young people um, are comparing themselves among themselves and evaluating themselves constantly. Yeah. And in that quote I read from Psychology Today, it said that people that struggle with perfectionism, it's usually accompanied by depression. Yeah. Very interesting observation. That's not a biblical source. That's not a biblical source, but it's a source of observation that I think we'd all say, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so if I find myself comparing myself and not measuring up. Like if I'm on social media and I come away finding myself discouraged or clamoring, did I, how many likes did I get on this, that, other, where it just becomes almost enslaving to me mm. and it affects my emotions yeah. throughout the day. Like if I'm emotionally affected yeah. by who didn't like something I said or agree with me or critiqued me or the pictures of someone that I, on Instagram that I don't think I measure up to, mm-hmm. you, you know what, unless it's for your job, unless you're a social media director for a company or something, you don't have to look, right? You don't have to look. Right. And, and so you can choose to think, uh, fill your mind with things about uh, God's affirmation yes. for you. Yeah. And, and you, if it's a temptation, and the other way, you know, the, the classic, if you're an alcoholic, don't go to a bar. You yeah. know, if, uh, if, if there's certain things to avoid, if you know, they're going to hinder you. Did I say social media is thin? Absolutely no. not. I said, it's a gift, but it can also be a place of temptation. Yes. So I think that's one too. If you're tempted to perfectionism, if you were raised by a demanding parent, I, I, I'm not sure that, I, I, you know, I don't know where all the temptations come from for that. Yeah. But, um, but if you are tempted to find your approval in others and compare yourself, then just avoid that where you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is not a, uh, a, uh, hidden issue anymore. I don't think, because one it's of the not. things I've seen is Instagram has removed, uh, the ability to see how many likes someone else has gotten on their post. You can see how many likes you've gotten yeah, on yeah. your post, so but you can't but see they're, what they're fighting else. the comparison. Issue yes. There. Yeah. I mean, I think technically you could still click on it and count out every single person yeah, yeah. that likes them, but who's not, who's going to do that. Yeah, yeah. There's just not that immediate comparison going yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I think it's something we all relate to. At least I do. Sure. Just, you know, you have those days where you're like, Oh, I came up with a really good post. Yeah. yeah. You put how it many people, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you forget about it. And eight hours later, you're like, Oh, oh my God, yeah. I forgot. Let's see it. Let's see yeah. the results. And it's like three people. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Now, if it was 35 people, I don't know what the number would be approval for you. Well, uh, I mean, for you, 35 maybe is a lot for you. Yeah, for, for me, 3,000. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, th- there is a little uh, drop so of dopamine that goes into yes, your system when yes, you see the likes. Yeah, and it's Facebook ad- it's, knows what they're doing. It's absolutely addictive. Oh, it is. So there's some really good studies on all this. But, yes. but I, the point is that if we are going to be secure in our approval yeah. in Christ, then whatever tempts us, and some people, yeah. they're not tempted by it. You're tempted by something else. So how many yeah. likes? I, don't, I couldn't care less. 
why some people would say I couldn't care less. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I'm saying some sure. people wouldn't care. Some people, sure. Yeah, just go, okay, great. Then, then go look at it all. They're what, probably the odd man out, though. Yeah. It's designed a certain way. It is. You're right. So anyway, the, the, the it's if you view the view of mercy, of the mercy of God and living for the glory of God, if you view it as a, a diet, you yeah. got to put some stuff in yeah. and you got to avoid some, some yeah. bad stuff. That's really good, man. And I think we can help ourselves. One of the things I try to do is... You know, not that we're trying to, you know, equate processes with with, you know, a personality like Facebook is out to get us. But there's a, there's a counter narrative being told there, yeah, isn't for there? Sure. You know, we we look at scripture, we look at the gospel and the story we're being told is that. Yeah. You know, like we talked about, we are accepted in Christ. If yeah. we put our trust in, in Christ for salvation, yeah. we belong to God. Absolutely. Uh, and I think the narrative that sometimes social media t- tries yep. to sell us is that we need a certain number of likes or we need, you know, this, followers this amount of, yeah, the amount of followers, the amount of attention, whatever yeah. it is, there's all kinds of, you know, right. other narratives and stuff. So approval um, metrics. Yeah, man. So hey. I, I just, I think it's helpful that you've brought this up. I'm officially done, but I do want to point out, you said counter narrative, which I love that. Do you like And if you put up a social media post and you use the word counter nerd, I would like it just so you know. Would you? Yeah, just so Uh, you feel approved. Did you get a drop of dopamine right there? That's at least one like I'll get. Yeah. Counter, I like, so there is the Bible, the biblical narrative, and then there is the counter narrative, the biblical narrative. Wonderful. The mercy of God, the counter narrative. You don't measure up unless until blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm done. Thank you. That was great. That's good, man. Very good. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you for addressing this. And thanks for your, your sermon on Sunday. Super helpful. And, uh, as always appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this to our listeners. Thank you for, for listening again. We are available on iHeartRadio and on Spotify in addition to iTunes. Uh, and I think Google Play has picked this up, but that's, really? yeah, I, I might have to investigate that a little bit more. Anyways, as always, thank you. We will talk to you again next week. Like us on Facebook. Yeah, there you go. Like us on Facebook. Do, we don't have a conversations podcast to Facebook page, oh, we do don't. we? No, we don't. Yeah. We should. Click, we start click that. follow below, right? I could we, use, nobody I could can use, click below on this, can they? No, they can't. No. I could use the attention in my life. We should start that up. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye.